Uh, This morning, uh, I'm concluding a brief sermon series on the family, uh, simply entitled, How Families Work Sometimes. Sometimes families work, sometimes they don't. And uh, we're going to think particularly this morning about how uh, families uh, should be in the business of developing coping skills and sharing uh, and encouraging one another, both the nuclear family and the extended family, in learning to handle disappointments and heartache and struggles. And before I read the scripture, I'd like to invite us to a brief time of prayer and meditation. If you would just bow with me and be silent in God's presence to express maybe a confession of sin or some gratitude in your heart, or maybe just to be silent and see what the Spirit might be speaking to you, and then I'll lead us in our prayer time. We acknowledge this morning, great God, the mystery and majesty of the eternal trinity, your essential oneness and yet your mysterious activity through uh, the Son and through the Holy Spirit. And we long to worship you in spirit and truth today. We lift to you uh, every heartache, every struggle within our congregation, every burden, every bit of brokenness, that you might be the God who carries our sorrows, that through Jesus Christ, our our Lord, uh, we are healed. And we pray that today you would minister to a world that needs you. Bless our mission partners. Bless our armed forces everywhere. Bless the leaders of our nation, the leaders of all nations as they might work for peace. And bless the leaders of all of our local government that we might be led in, in your ways. We ask God today that you forgive us for our sins and cleanse us. Renew and refresh us. Fill us again with your Holy Spirit. And as we listen to Scripture, as we learn more about what it means to cope successfully and to thrive, guide us that we might become Christ's people in clear and powerful ways. This is our prayer through Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 5, and if you're able, I invite you to stand as I read aloud God's word. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I'm acquainted with a mental health therapist who served for several years uh, on the staff of a small, prestigious liberal arts college away from here in another part of the United States, and made an interesting observation dealing with incoming students and young adults. And the observation was that as students arrived on the campus, they arrived with lots of talent. They arrived, many of them, with lots of money because it was a fairly exclusive college. They arrived with a lot of confidence, and in the words of the therapist, they arrived with a lot of attitude. 
But one thing uh, was noticed. That despite all of their bravado and all of their skills and all of their resumes and family backgrounds, these young adults were arriving to a large extent without bringing with them to school coping skills to deal with disappointment or to deal with failure in their lives. They just were at square one when it came to the capacity to cope with things when they don't go your way. And as we wrap up this brief sermon series, How Families Work Sometimes, we need to address that reality that that every family, nuclear extended, must learn uh, how to model for one another the coping with the painful tribulations and the difficulties of life. Because whether you're a family of one or you're a family of 12, sooner or later, some of these things are going to happen to you. Divorce, death, financial setback, joblessness, infidelity, trouble with children, trouble with parents, run-ins with the law, domestic abuse, sexual abuse, mental illness, physical illness, car accidents, and on and on and on. See, it's, it's time the followers of Jesus understood that science and technology simply can't give us some answers when it comes to the whys of suffering, the whys of tribulation. Science and technology have no answers, and logic and reason have their limits. There are simply some things that we will never understand about life's painful experiences. And so there must be something deeper, must be someone deeper to help us cope with life's struggles and disappointments. Now, the place that Scripture usually begins is that if you want to have coping skills, you have to have uh, some foundational skills, some, some, some ground zero kinds of basic building blocks. And the Apostle Paul begins this chapter not talking about tribulation, but about talking that basic building block. We are justified by faith, he says in verse 1 of Romans 5, since we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't know it, the first four chapters of Romans have been spent by the Apostle Paul relentlessly reminding us of our sin. And when I say sin, it's singular, capital S, not talking specifically about our individual specific sins, though he mentions those. By and large, in chapters 1 through 4 of Romans, he's talking about our sinful condition, the human condition of sin, which basically is this, shaking our fist at God, rebellion against God, telling God to God's face, we don't need you, I don't want you, I want to do it by myself. That's sin, a posture that simply resists God. The Apostle Paul has spent four chapters developing that brutal reality about our ego, our pride, our sinful condition. And then in Romans 5 he says, but God has Uh, worked and justified us by faith so that we have peace with God. And that means that we're no longer rebels. Through Jesus Christ, when we turn to Christ, the rebellion has ended and we become 
friends with God. We come into a relationship with God and we experience peace with God. The rebellion is over. That's a beautiful, beautiful image. And I want to ask you something. Why is it that families always work hard to provide for children food, lodging, shelter, education, the basics? And we even say, well, I, I want to make sure I have life insurance in case something happens to me. We provide for our families in every other way, and yet so many times we forget to make sure that our family learns to be friends with God through Jesus Christ. Something that's so foundational, that's so basic. The Apostle Paul says not only do we have friendship with God and peace with God, but we have obtained access to the glory and to the grace of Jesus Christ. Verse 2, obtained access. We have an, an entree, an entrance. We have a beginning place. Uh, several weeks ago, I went back to Sedalia, Missouri to uh, help with a funeral at First Baptist Church where I used to pastor. I walked before the funeral began uh, into the space that used to be my office. It's since been converted because of remodeling and, and a new building. And I took a couple of three pictures of that space that used to be my office and quickly sent it to my uh, wife and our children. My son was the first to reply. He says, Dad, I remember when I was a little boy, I'd sit at the corner of that desk and draw pictures. And that reminded me that I had a standing rule uh, that I shared with my secretary. And that was that unless I was in a meeting and the door was closed, my children could come into the office anytime they wanted. Didn't have to ask permission, not that they would, but they could come anytime they wanted. They, they had direct access. Why? Because they tithed more than anybody else in the church? No. Because they were uh, more moral than anybody else? No. It's because of the relationship. They had access because of the relationship. And that's what Paul is saying, that through Jesus Christ, we have access to God's grace. We, we can come into God's presence and know that our sins are forgiven. And this image of access, to turn it slightly, was a word that was used in the Greek language to also describe a harbor where ships would come in, a safe haven from the storm. You can imagine a storm beating and brutalizing a ship and then a ship finding this harbor and coming safely into the harbor or the haven to get away from the storm and to be anchored. Now picture your family going through times of storm and heartache and, and life just beating you and finding in God's grace an access, a port, a harbor, a place to be safely until the storm has passed. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about when he talks about peace with God and access with God. Access with God and peace with God. Those are the foundation blocks for dealing with tribulation, for dealing with family heartache. And I want you to notice that as Paul begins to talk about suffering and troubles, he doesn't talk about it by itself. He talks about it in a context of blessings, of the Holy Spirit, of God's love, of grace, of access, of peace with God. See, this is why it's so important that as families we learn to be thankful, that we learn to thank God in our prayer lives daily because every struggle has a context of blessing. And if we only focus on the heartache and the suffering, 
we become very, very discouraged. But if we see that brokenness and that heartache in the larger context of all of God's good things, we'll handle it better. And so the Apostle Paul says, we should never waste our heartaches and our troubles. We should never waste them. We should ask God what we can learn from them, how we can grow from them, how we can become better and different people because of them. And so Paul begins the stair-step process in, in verse 3. He says, we boast in our sufferings because that tribulation or suffering produces endurance or patience. And that patience or endurance produces character and that character produces hope. Go back to the word suffering or tribulation, depending on your translation. The word is thalipsis in the Greek, and it was the word that was used to smash grapes so that the, the, the delicious, sweet juice might, might be uh, made into that liquid to, to make it into juice and into wine. And the grapes never yield their greatest treasure until there's pressure, until there's thalipsis. So in our lives, we never become everything God wants us to be without that pressure from the outside that allows the essence of our life to come through. Another powerful word image is the word character. Suffering produces endurance or patience, and patience produces character. The word character was a Greek word that was used to describe metal that was passed through fire. And it passed through the fire not to destroy it, but to purify it, to make it stronger, to make sure all of the impurities were burned away. And so the Apostle Paul says, so suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character that is, that is without alloy. It's without any impurities that we, are, we go through the refiner's fire and we're stronger. And so the Apostle Paul says that suffering produces benefit in this life. It brings about maturity. Spiritual maturity that we never have without heartaches and struggles. Now, it's obvious from this text that we don't get to choose our suffering, but we do get to choose our response to the suffering. You see how important that is? We don't choose the suffering, but we choose our response to the suffering. The scene was a uh, golden wedding anniversary celebration, and the crowd was gathered and... uh, the husband uh, of the 50-year marriage uh, got everyone's attention, and he was toasting his bride of 50 years. And he said, Bess, you were with me in the flood when we lost the crops. You were with me, Bess, when the tornado tore up the barn. You were with me, Bess, uh, in that year of drought when we had to start all over again. You were with me, Bess, in all of those times, and he stopped and he said, come to think of it, Bess, you're just plain bad luck. (laughs) I don't recommend that for 50th wedding anniversary or any time. My counseling load is full right now, so. But it does remind us of something, that there are ineffective ways that families sometimes choose to deal with with pressure and tribulation and disappointment, and Teresa actually talked about them in the children's time. We can choose to turn inward in a brooding spirit, 
We can turn outward to humanity in general with a cynical, bitter spirit. And one of the worst things that families do is that, and this can be biological family or church family, to turn on each other with backbiting and quarreling. And all of those are ineffective, deficient ways of coping with tribulation. Because the other choice is to, is to turn up to God, to, turn, to open our lives to the Spirit and what God wants to teach us. So the Apostle Paul said that suffering can help us in this life by maturing us. But in verse 5, he says that suffering not only helps us in this life, it prepares us for the next life. And hope does not disappoint us, he says, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. You see, an amazing thing happens. One of my favorite things about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit pumps God's love into us and the, and the, the, the verb is a, is a perfect tense. That means something that happened and just keeps on happening forever. The Holy Spirit just keeps on pumping God's love into our hearts. We are held up by the triune God because Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all three mentioned in these brief five verses. The triune God holds us up. Now I want to ask you something. Doesn't your family need an anchor stronger than soccer? Doesn't your family need an anchor stronger than soccer? Stronger than dance class? Stronger than good grades? All of those things are important and good, but doesn't every family need an anchor that goes down deeper and that, is, that holds in a stronger way than those things? Doesn't every family and every person need an anchor stronger than money or success or status? We need an anchor that goes down deep and is heavy and strong. And the Apostle Paul says that in our relationship with God, we find coping skills that mature us in this life and coping skills that prepare us for the life to come and for all of the glory of God as God holds us in God's great big hands of love and protection and care. And here's the way Eugene Peterson says that last, uh, that last verse 5. We're never left feeling shortchanged, never disappointed. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. We simply don't have enough containers to hold everything God is pouring into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we pray right now that your Spirit might work in a powerful way in each of our lives. Speak to our hearts as only your Holy Spirit can.